Hi, dear listener. Zach here. I'm proud of the work we did on Call of Discovery and Keyforge Public Radio, and last year I took my love of podcasts full-time with my company, Rooster High Productions. If you know someone with a business who wants to broadcast their expertise through podcasts and derived social media marketing, send them my way to Zach at RoosterHigh.com. Thank you so much. Welcome to Call of Discovery, a podcast where we invite you on a journey into the crucible for a weekly or Apex Legendsly, I mean, a weekly or fortnightly celebrations of all things Keyforge, its community, and the excitement of Discovery. I am your co-host, Zach Armstrong, and I am here joined by the sopping wet fresh out of the Atlantic crawling onto the eastern shore of the U- USA, Ed Pocock. How are you, Ed? I'm doing well. I'm halfway across the ocean, but I'm still still swimming there. It's a little bit cold, but I'm I'm hoping to make it for Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, you're you're halfway then. I'm wondering who this uh who this is I just pulled out. Well, that's we're going to deal with that later. We are joined again <laughs> by Nathan, <laughs> aka Cory Fan, uh who has come back to Call of Discovery. Of course, the regular listeners will know after our topic episode, we bring back our guests to discuss a deck that's unique to them. Uh, all decks of Keyforge, uh, <laughs> decks of Keyforge, <laughs> uh, all decks in Keyforge, of course, are unique, but uh, people get attached to decks because they are special in some way. Perhaps other decks aren't. They have a lovely name or great experience to go with them. So uh, Nathan has graciously come back and brought a deck to discuss today. So without any further ado, Nathan, uh, welcome back. And what's the name of this deck that you brought for us today? Well, um, a little tangent so i've spent um i don't know a lot of people have like a weird little thing they collect in keyforge like as in addition to just good like good decks um and i randomly decided to make collecting nathan decks my my thing um i like found some nathan decks and like bought them like oh this is cool i uh one of my best nathan decks is uh like a countess tornado but um, a a couple months ago, I um, found the owner of the best Nathan deck in the world. Wow! And I was like, if there's any Keyforge deck, I have to have it's this. This is the only Nathan deck in the world I can win a vault tour with, or whatever. <laughs> um, so I managed to um, acquire uh, Deirdre Nathan's seat Viceroy. So this deck is like pretty much my um, my chair, I guess. Um, but I call it a Nathan deck. It's sort of like some people have um, uh, claimed it's a Deirdre deck, but is a Nathan deck in my heart. So yes, of course, <laughs> of course. Well, that that is great. Uh, I do have to say, having dug into decks with my name a little bit, there aren't there aren't that many out there. Uh, I am actually getting an Armstrong deck relatively soon, and uh, I can cool. appreciate side collections as I, I do like to gobble up those um, Rocket Boots, Tezmal. Not that it's ever going to uh, get me anywhere, or win me any games, but it's just such a a fun little a fun little side project. I um I actually opened a Nathan deck myself once. Um. Metal Nathan Sewers Investigator. Pretty good name. Wow, that is a great name. (laughs) 
Yeah, that is a great. It's not name. a bad deck. That is I a great name. I think it's part of my Nathan triad, actually. Like it's Deirdre, <laughs> um, uh, Nathan, Countess, Tornado, or whatever, and that one. Oh my gosh! I love the Deirdre triad. bit as well. It's, <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it kind of conjures this picture of this doddery old woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Yes, Which no. is not what you see when you actually look at the deck. It's true. <laughs> Crikey. Yes, and that's that's an idea for a triad format. A triad format where all of the deck names have at least one word in common. How about that? Mm-hmm. How about that is that? a good idea. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and could it be of... Or and <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll have to we'll have to uh, let some other people workshop that a bit. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I'm looking at this. I'm seeing uh, worlds collide with Dis, Saurian, and Star Alliance. Certainly, three houses that had a great time in worlds collide. So, what uh, you said this is uh, likely your your very best Nathan deck that you could probably win a vault tour with. What what are some of the highlights of this deck? This, these things you saw that you said, oh man. My Nathan rating system tells me this is great, and boy, is it! What are some of those things you saw that just make this put this deck over the top? You know, it's an in, it's interesting. It's actually like a really complex deck. It took me more games than maybe any other deck I've ever played. I feel to become uh, relatively um, good with this deck. Like, I mean, just like initially, you can see obviously, oh, there's double eye on the fringes with double exhumes. That's going to steal some amber. Um, and I am also a big fan of stealth modes, red, red alerts and lay of the lands as cards in general. Um, like stealth modes, I, I really like to shut people down and make sure they don't get to, um, you know, destroy me with their cool stuff. And, um, lay of the lands is just like huge value. Get through your deck, like, um, get some free Amber while you're doing it. Um, Red Alert's uh, an interesting and sort of, like, difficult card because, like, sometimes you just discard creatures to set it up um, because you're better off not having your creatures as long as they don't have theirs. Um, so, yeah, like, there's... Um, especially the Dis and the Star Alliance excited me. The Saurian is sort of sneaky good, too, but um, it's also interesting. I mean, it's got, like, the uber combo of, like, Axiom, City-State Interest with Senator Brockus. Like, if that goes off, that's that's pretty game-ending if it if it works. Oh, certainly, certainly. Um, yeah, Axiom blowing up all creatures without Amber on them, City-State Interest putting Amber onto all of your creatures, mm-hmm. and then... And then Brock has to spend it. Yeah, that is yep. uh, that is what they call, I think, in the business, a killing blow. And Nathan, when did you get hold of this deck? Was it back when we were able to play cards in the real world? Or um, I, I notice you've got some tournament plays there, or, or was it closer to uh, to uh, to the times that we're now in where playing online is our, our main out? I do not have any tournament plays on this deck. Um, someone else does. But um, yeah, I got it, a, I think it was like two or three months ago. So it was pretty recent. So, so to walk walk us through the deck a little bit, what roles do the different houses play in the deck? How does it really come together? I notice with so many uh, duplicates in the deck, it will probably make uh, fans of other card games who are more used to seeing mm-hmm. sort of two or three or four copies of the same card happy mm-hmm. to see see such consistency. Yeah, it's what's well, funny you say such consistency because the deck plays like super inconsistently um, in a lot of respects. It's, it's an interesting deck because it's one of those decks where I will. So if I like 
played 10 games and I look at my games on the Crucible tracker, I will see games where I called Star Alliance like five out of seven turns. And I will also see games where I called Saurian like four out of seven turns. Or like sometimes you call like, you don't call this over and over again quite as often, but sometimes even that. It, um, it plays very, very differently depending on what you sort of draw into. But there's a few sort of like key starter cards. Like one thing that I do when I, like look at decks and figure out the strategy for them. As I also look at like what its openers are, like what's really valuable as an opener. So for this deck, um, Info Officer Gray and Greater Oxtet are far and away like the best way to start out the game um, because Greater Oxtet is just a bomb of an early play because he's going to like stack all these power counters, which isn't super relevant. But what he is going to do is he's going to like help um, tech your hands to be like mono house, which like playing tons of cards every turn is what this deck's all about. And um, <clears throat> an info officer gray will help you start building up for a really big eye turn um, early in the game. And especially with the exhumes, if you get him early, then you can like play him archive one, maybe reap with him archive one, exhume him archive another. And suddenly it's like, Oh, I have three disc creature discs things in my archives. Like one of them's probably an eye. I can steal six amber when I feel like it. <laughs> like, um, so, so yeah, it's definitely um, one of those decks where like this, the star set, if you get a couple of those creatures out, you can just go to town with star all day long. If you um, get out the nice worded Sarian bard, sometimes you call that a few times and then the discs you swap it in there for like big steel and you know, exhume and different types of turns. Yeah, yeah, certainly. <clears throat> that uh yeah, I can see how that makes sense that some games you may go heavy Star Alliance, some you may go heavy Saurian. Saurians, of course, just being strong if they're sticking on the board and the Star Alliance really enabling uh all sorts of shenanigans on their own, certainly. Uh something something I've noticed on here, looking on uh under the control section, you always note, of course, on decks of Keyforge whether or not a deck has uh some artifact control. And it looks mm -hmm. like it looks like uh, Deirdre Nathan C. Viceroy here doesn't uh, have artifact control. So is there a particular artifact or set of artifacts that might come together that give Deirdre uh, give Deirdre a tough time? Yeah, I mean, certainly if you say, I mean, the answer to that is always jar like Eaton's jar <laughs> um, in terms of like, oh, Eaton's jar. I no longer have eye on the fringes like that would suck. Um, right. The deck has plenty of backup plans, but like that is definitely it's, you know, a plan to get a free key and take a key away um, a lot in many games that it plays. So, so yeah, like that. Um, anyway, it's, it's a really like fast and pretty abusive deck in general. Like, like, I don't know, like I don't look having one or two good artifact controls is a really nice and important piece of a deck, but it's also not the be-all, end-all. Like, there's even an extent to which, like, if you think, oh, maybe, like, say, like, half or one-third of the decks you end up playing have, like, I really want to kill that artifact. If you have artifact control, that means you've just sort of spent, like, one-and-a-half sass points on something that won't help you two-thirds of the time. Sure, um, so, I mean, there's sure. multiple ways to sort of sort of look on look at it it hasn't hurt me too much with this deck in games i've actually played but yeah like eaton's jar would be rough if you have like i don't know uh uh jenka with um 
grump buggy like combo or something like that obviously can be pretty nasty another sort of like thing that's actually a corollary that i think is kind of nice about the deck is it has zero artifacts itself so it makes all your artifact control totally dead sure wow yeah that's a great point that's a great and point. a good way of looking at it as well <laughs> So we 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 always ask this question, Nathan. Um, it's it's certainly a ninety SAS deck, which is incredible, and it looks to have lots and lots of different tricks in its up its sleeve. But if there was a card that you could have in this deck that isn't there at the moment, what would that card be, and why? Huh. Uh, I'm guessing we don't mean like cards from future sets, probably actual cards in this set. <laughs> um, I'd love to hear your idea of a card from a future set. But, yeah. Uh, but well, yeah, we, we can do both. We can do both. It's it's always eaten star. <laughs> um, so uh, for a second there, I was thinking like, oh, I have no idea what this the answer to this question is. But I have... I have discovered it is Quixel Stone. Even though that would just destroy the cool thing I just mentioned that has zero artifacts, like Quixel Stone would make this deck super even more crazy than it is because it would combo so well with double red alerts, just discard, like it would make a whole new game plan for the deck where you just discard all of your creatures and you're like, I'm going to steal a bunch with I and you're not going to get your giant board out. I don't even need to worry about like being able to red alert or axiom you. Um, it would be Quixelstone. Sure, that Quixelstone, my goodness, yeah, certainly a, a famous slash infamous artifact for both being <laughs> a, a a tempter a tempter of somebody who may not have thought through their deck's game plan, um, and also very difficult to play around uh, if it if it drops opposite you. So that would, uh, I, yeah, I think that would be a fantastically interesting interesting addition uh, <laughs> to this particular deck. Certainly. So you've. You said you've had this deck for about two or three months. Have you been able to uh, have uh, have a good time with it in any particular uh, online competition uh, so far? Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember which. Oh, um, so I, I guess like one example, um, we had I did the glorious U um, tournament where uh, the first day you played with the deck and for that day it was archon and i played anteater i i actually sort of like struggled more than i expected anteater's another like my i have two decks that i consider my best decks and it's this deck and anteater and um i made it to today too but like barely with with anteater um and then it was the uh a draft the um crazy draft format that um sanctimonious sort of devised for drafting houses in keyforge or really sort of like uh anti-drafting houses drafting houses that you won't be playing with yeah, and yeah. um <clears throat> i was expecting like oh this is going to be like this is gonna suck i'm going to have to play like sanctum like uh saurian and i don't know shadows and it's going to be like the worst mass mutation deck I own or something. I was like sort of expecting to end up drafting into that. Um, and instead I drafted into this, <laughs> like, like I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to go the, you know, just banking on, okay, I'm going to get sorry. And then star Alliance route. And I'm going to try to keep this alive because that's sort of the consist like this and logos are the best, you know, houses across all, um, all sets. And in, in my opinion, and, um, and like the final ban, 
I actually got to choose uh, between banning a house that would give me this deck or banning a house that would give me the uh, World's Collide deck I won the Indie Sealed with. And it's like, wow. oh, these are both great decks. <laughs> um, so I played that um, the day two of that tournament with this deck, which was um, pretty fun. Wow. Okay. That that yeah. That is a lot of fun to be able to uh, to be able to to kind of anti draft your way into mm-hmm. this particular deck, especially with the sentimental value of having it be a native yeah. deck and and a top deck. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm. It's definitely a win against your opponents. It's a psychological win before you even play <laughs> the game. Like, uh-huh. is, is your is your name on your deck? I don't think so. Yeah. It's that kind of uh, it's it's a real flex. I, mm-hmm. I'm unfortunately they're probably not going to make a deck with my surname. I don't think it would pass the algorithm. <laughs> I think it would be seen as an obscenity. I've I mean maybe someday they'll they'll have options to just put your name on a deck. That'd be pretty cool. Good. That's true. That's that's what the rumors the rumors are saying based on uh, what we what we're seeing out of China. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. That's true. Which would be kind of awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, the next step is, of course, printing the on-demand deck of, of your dreams. But yeah. uh, that that probably takes the fun out of it. I do kind um, of wonder, though, if it cheapens like all of the work that I put into getting all of these Nathan decks, though. Like, I've got 10 of them. I put a lot of work into that. <laughs> you guys just get it to get them for free, practically? Sure. Yeah. No one It'll will be ever cool. be able to get them for those sets, though. You'll have you'll have the early sets in your own name, which is which is cool. Yes, yeah. I, I think I think there will be some particular marker of uh, if you have a your name deck that it it, it came about came about uh, a bit more naturally out of an an algorithmic name, perhaps. <laughs> So, so when you uh, waltz up to the virtual table now and you, you stare your opponent's deck list down, what archetypes does your opponent simply not have a chance with against this deck? And what archetypes might this deck struggle with slightly more? Well, the, um, <clears throat> the stealth modes definitely do a fair bit to help against like heavy action type decks. Um, I think that I think that there's actually a really common, um, unfortunately, there's a very common sort of variety of mass mutation deck that is um, able to take advantage of this deck's weaknesses more so than other uh, sets, where if you have um, a lot of damage pips, um, for one, that removes much more easily the like extreme warding that goes on with this deck because it has Ooh. triple Imperium. It has um, Tricerian Legionnaire and it has uh, medic Ingram and it has double exhume and you don't you, like, they aren't the top targets, but like you do exhume Tricerian Legionary and medic Ingram every once in a blue moon. Sure. So it, it just wards the whole board. But like, if you can just like damage pip everything up, like that's not super meaningful. Um, so that's one thing. And then uh, Infernus is like really bad, depending on how things go. Like it's a delicate balance dance if you are playing against an Infernus deck with this deck, mm. because you need to try really hard with your only source of archiving, Info Officer Gray, to archive up your relevant things like Eye on the Fringes and Exhumes and things so that you can try to do your big disc steal um, after they've already spent like an Infernus or two, especially if there's recursion, because if they can manage to um, uh, purge your exhumes and or your eyes on the fringes, 
um, with Infernus and turning it into a long game after they've done that, it can be a real rough time um, for this deck. Sure, sure. And I think... Uh, that's what we're we're seeing so far with Keyforge and cross set play. Is this, uh, you know, there's particular mass mutation decks that perhaps they just have some extra damage pips and an extra Infernus or two and are otherwise a medium deck, but they may be mm-hmm. able to to give this deck, you know, a pretty good fight when, um, you know, maybe uh, worlds collide to worlds collide. This could just, you know, outpace another another great deck. So that is the beautiful thing about matchups and the dangerous thing about coming on Call of Discovery because now this is going out to. Uh, <laughs> You know, I won't I won't overestimate our number oh, no. of listeners, but uh, it is a <laughs> it's going on the internet. <laughs> That's for certain. So yeah, hold on to your infernuses if you weren't already, which I don't yeah. know why you you wouldn't be. But it's a fun card. Oh, I not have a very to, good card, is it? <laughs> I, I have to admit, I have been contemplating after seeing some like statistic of like, oh, there were eighty infernuses in this tournament. I'm like, is that underrated? It's rated pretty high already, but maybe it's underrated. <laughs> I will in that category. I will toss uh, toss out a quote from Danny Schaefer on uh, when he came on on here, when he said, "Oh yeah, you know, bait and switch, library access, and I guess Infernus, but they just uh, Infernus hasn't been quite a place to to uh, errata or nerf yet. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's living in that category in Danny's head. So I don't know. If yeah. we, I don't know. I think if because if we haven't seen anything yet, I don't think we will. Um, but I will speak as both the uh, Owner of and observer of Infernus Ritual of Tognath decks. There are some. Yeah. Uh, there's some nastiness going on there. There's some nastiness oh, yeah. going on there. That's it's going to sure. be really interesting when we get out to uh, a real, real physical tournament again, and all of those results are kind of really collected, and um, we're able to look at sort of who's coming up winning in you know on on a global scale. Um, it's going to be interesting to see which cards are really winning out. And it might just be Zach that that combo is, is a, is a killer combo and uh, it's trouncing all of those dark tidings decks. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Um, Fortunately, you know, hopefully there would be ways around printing a set uh, maybe with a house that uh, gets better for uh, every purged card that's out there. That's an unfathomable idea, Zach. <laughs> I, I really couldn't say that word, can I? Can, can you imagine? It's going to yeah. be so difficult saying, what house are you playing? I'm playing house unfathomable. Unfa- fa- <laughs> you can't fathom yeah. the name of the houses in my deck. No. <laughs> <laughs> Dear opponent, it's more than your puny mind can consider. <laughs> You better be ready to win the match that you open up talking like that. Though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure if the after match chat would be as nice. Indeed, indeed. I think I think the only way I would uh, want to go into a match trash talking like that if I is if I have gone into uh, full costume for some sort of unfathomable uh creature and so i can talk like that with an excuse otherwise uh otherwise i may erode my reputation for being um somewhat kind in person <laughs> yeah the nicest guy in keyforge thing might be under threat <laughs> yeah we've uh, i've got my showdown with stewart in the scottish highlands in about a month so we'll uh, i'll let you know how that goes <laughs> the scottish highlands of all places <laughs> <laughs> there can only be one there's <laughs> There's little better than a, a crab cosplay or or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know I was picking Marmook? 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, your keys cost more because I'm wearing a mammoth costume. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, indeed. indeed. Oh, that is one way of getting the advantage. Um, listeners, take notes. <laughs> There's one sort of silly combo I could I could mention with it that I think is um, mildly fun. I. I'm still a little sad because I was just playing a random game on TCO and realized after my turn, I could have enacted it where I had CXO Tabor on the field and I had um, a hand with an eye on the fringes and I had a ready Helmsman Spears out. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's... It's a bit of a, a silly combo if you can pull it off. But Helmsman Spears and Eye on the Fringes, um, like they're both delicate creatures, but if they're both out, that's a little rough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for those who haven't quite finished uh, typing the names of those cards to uh, to a, a, a website yet, so Helmsman Spears is the two-power creature that says, Fight Reap, discard any number of cards from your hand, draw a card for each card discarded this way. And of course, uh, CXO Tabor could allow the playing of E on the Fringes which is during your turn, after you discard a discard from your hand, you may purge a discard from a discard pile if you do steal one. So uh, a major, a major off disc turn steal with E on the fringes there, empowered by Helpsman Spears. That is that is fantastic. Mm -hmm. That is fantastic. And uh, our favorite kind of silly combo, one that actually uh, steals a whole bunch of amber for you. What a what know, a right? great silly combo. <laughs> In Keyforge, stealing is always good. <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's true in the the uh in the spirit of the the vault competition to open vaults being in a in good sporting good sporting fun here um certainly although purging purging makes me think that that's gets uh that gets even darker but you know that's that's why nobody likes this that's why nobody likes this what i love this oh in in fiction in the fiction oh in fiction Okay. Yes, yes. Uh, I was actually reading the the Secrets of the Crucible role playing game book, and uh, all of the demons statted out have uh, no stats for social skills because any social checks automatically fail uh, hmm. if you attempt to engage with a and engage with a demon, which is which is fascinating. I mean, this which is, is why everyone has parties and they only invite the imps. You don't invite the demons. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> like like there's nothing better than a gold key imp for your party. <laughs> that's awesome yeah imp specter is just hilarious he goes around trying to figure out where the punch went yeah he like this. he's actually a, he's actually the best at playing uh the werewolf game like <laughs> i love it i love it if you have a gold key imp in your party no one can get too carried away there's not mm. going to be furniture broken or anything which is yeah probably quite nice right but yeah, the, no. the, bra the bronze key imp means no fun is happening at all your, yeah, absolutely. Your carpets are unvomited. That's my favorite kind of party. <laughs> the, the fun sponge card. No right. one's allowed to gain any amber, forge any keys, or have any fun with any combos at all. Oh, oh dear. I don't even want to think of what a Heart of the Forest party, party would look like, but uh, well, I guess <laughs> save that for another brainstorming session. <laughs> I'm sure they happen somewhere. That's... <laughs> oh, goodness. Well... Thank you so much, Nathan, for um, coming back and joining us for a second episode. Um, it's it's been a real pleasure to have you, and I can't wait to see where where SAS, where Decks of Keyforge go 
next. Um, so where can people find you? Well, um, I am on Discord frequently. You can also um, email me, and the contact info for that is on the Contact Me About page on Dexa Keyforge. Awesome. That's perfect. And dear listener, dear listener, if you are enjoying Call of Discovery and are willing and able to support us in a monetary fashion, our Patreon is linked below where you can put your own weird and wonderful decks into the spotlight and have a say in our future through our Patreon-only Discord. Let us know what you'd like to see more of or less of in future shows. I promise we do listen. And do subscribe, leave us a review. We do like your reviews. The more weird, the more wonderful. Like your decks, the better. You can find us on pretty much all of the social medias, the Facebook, the Instagram, and the Twitter, or you can email us at our very swanky email address, podcast at callofdiscovery.com. But most importantly, if you think a friend would enjoy this podcast, then please give them a favor. It's 2020. Help them to discover it. Have you answered the call of discovery? I'm getting much more used to saying, have you answered the call of discovery now? Dear listener, uh, <laughs> sorry, I just that was I was just too tickled to pass that up. <laughs> no, no, you're good. It was funny. <laughs>